Hey everyone, uh, so welcome to episode two of the Unfortunate Honesty podcast. So hi again. Uh, if you didn't see last episode, I'm Mary and... I am Femke. So the last episode, we talked to Femke about her music and all of that sort of fun stuff. And on this episode, um, it's going to be titled The Bitch versus The Boss, because it's something that I've been thinking a lot about recently. And especially with like applying for some internships, not saying I'm going to get anything, but especially with all <laughs> that sort of stuff. Um, it's kind of thinking about how a lot of the characteristics I think I personally hold would be seen a lot better if they were held in a man. And that's oh, kind yeah. of like a big discussion I've been having with friends. And that's hence why we picked this for um, episode number two. Also just another quick clarification thing before we start. So in the first episode, I was saying like, oh, I. So at the end of last episode, Femka and I decided we want to host this together. And I'm so down because I think just me talking on my own, I don't think that's entertaining. Honestly, would be able to do it, but I literally dropped it as a joke and you were like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I I was just like, yeah, because my plan was originally to have different guests and I'm still going to have guests. I think we're still going to guests. But I thought two people, you know, a team's often better than like a single person. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's everything that's going on. So, um, I kind of wanted to talk first about the way we've been kind of perceived by people because I think we're quite similar. We're both like quite ambitious and quite, strong-minded I suppose is maybe the best way to say it because I definitely get called a bitch probably more than I should I've almost like reclaimed the word now and I use it to talk about myself I'm like you're that bitch you're the bad bitch (laughs) all of that sort of stuff and like when I was younger especially like I was leading everything and I was always the bossy girl like she's so bossy always and now it's like if I wasn't bossy then I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Oh, exactly. Like, I think, I don't know. I just think people, as a kid, maybe you don't realise it, but kids don't learn stuff on their own. Like, it comes from family or, like, society as a whole. And I look at so much of the stuff that happened back in, like, school, like, high school, primary school, and I'm like, that's so fucked up. Mm -hmm. That's so fucked up. And... The, the more you kind of figure out what you want to do, especially if it's something very dominated by men, the more you come across this sort of stuff. And it, it just makes me a bit sad, to be honest. Yeah, because it's like, it, it just immediately brings uh, like a boss attitude down. And like, if I, like I said in the last episode, I, I was, I got super depressed at some point. If I didn't have that time on my own, I don't think I would be the person I am now. And I would still be like holding myself back because what if I'm too bossy? What what if I'm too much? Yeah. Um, I'm a loud person sometimes and I've heard like terrible. Like, <laughs> I've heard people literally like gossiping about me at concerts and stuff like because I'm loud and because I'm extra. Like, what is the point? Oh, like- yeah. It's it's all inherently rooted in sexism. That's the thing. Like, I think I think one word that you always hear women describe as men or men is, like, difficult. She's difficult. And I think Halsey wrote, like, a whole poem about this. She was like, I like being difficult. And I oh, very much take that attitude into everything I do now. I'm like, if I wasn't difficult, I wouldn't have half the stuff I have in my life. I'm going to continue being difficult and I will be an inconvenience to you 
because I do not care anymore. And I think a lot of that comes from, I've never really cared what people thought, but the idea of like being perceived is something completely different to me. I don't know if it's just a me thing, but being perceived, I something I do care about, like the image that you put out to the world. Like I say every single person is a brand. People like, what do you mean your brand? I'm like, the way you post on social media, the way you dress, the way you carry yourself, everything is a brand inherently. So I always thought of the way like my brand was like perceived and I was always scared of coming across as like, I don't know, like certain ways all, all sort of rooted in sexism. Um, and that's something that I'm definitely having to work on now because I've never really cared what people thought about me because your thoughts could be built upon something like you know yeah, about me already. It, especially what you're saying, like I don't care about like how or like whatever I post on social media, like I don't care. I'm a very open person. I'm confident with myself. I'm confident with my body and stuff like that. The only thing that holds me back is like posting like a bit more sexy pictures, I would say, Mm. because my family follows me. Yeah. And that is really the only reason why I don't really do it. Or when I do it, I'll just put it on my story and just (laughs) block them hide them out yeah but I I generally don't post it because I I feel like they would think I'm like a slut or whatever and like I am let's be real (laughs) (laughs) I love the, the the way you own that I do but the thing is like being a slut to me or our generation is very different to what it is for my family or like older people and stuff like that like to me it's just like owning yourself like being a bad bitch not really giving a shit uh, about anything like oh perfect example Chrissy Shepeka okay that like the bimbo like owning herself like absolutely loving herself like that is and supporting others as well like I feel that like that is how I see it yeah and while like others like my family for example or like I don't know men (laughs) (laughs) they just see it as a bad thing and I don't yeah as well like the, the one thing I have is because of because Instagram is very much people posting their best moments I like to just post all the time and I'm like one of my big thoughts is, am I making myself out to be kind of like, I don't know, like, I don't want to say almost ugly because I don't know, I don't know how else to put it. But because not all my photos are like my best moment constantly, I'm thinking do people perceive me differently to how I actually am because other people are only posting their best moments constantly. Yeah, so I had that a couple years ago that I was okay. super aware of like what what I'm posting. And I was only posting myself at like concerts and I wasn't posting Mm. my story that often. Now I'm just constantly posting and shit. (laughs) I vlog Um, on the story. (laughs) I know, (laughs) especially your private. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But um, at some point I just, I was like, okay, if I want my Instagram feed to look good, I have my story to do anything and everything. So yeah look ugly or whatever that means (laughs) um to not be perfect and stuff like that and I feel like especially now me turning it into like an artist brand Mm. I feel like that has 
been the most helpful thing because I'm very real in my music and on my story. But I also have like the artist image that yeah. attract people on my feed. And then I use my story to like kind of tell my story to um, show who I am. Um, and I feel like that balance, I'm just very happy I found that very early on, like way before I even uh, started doing music, really. Definitely. I feel like I had that. And then I don't know, I feel like I've lost it because I, I definitely think I think I'm more conscious about what I post these days. I think I'll post it and then I'll hate the fact I posted it, but I just do it anyways. I think that's sort of where I'm at at the minute. I think so much of that comes down to kind of like beauty standards perception of women in media and the male gaze not to get all like sociology on everyone but (laughs) I I think so much of it does like the the one thing I was thinking about is like with movies there's only ever like three or four different tropes for women or like different types of female character that's true and I don't, I just think it's so obvious that so many female characters are written by men. <laughs> like, so obvious. I know there's a lot of parodies of, like, books written by men um, about women and stuff. There's a lot of that sort of stuff going on. We all know the exact sort of stuff that they write. But it, I think it kind of sets expectations in not just women but men as well in terms of like what they expect of women because they think that I think so many people kind of see movies as kind of like a bit too close to reality mm-hmm. I feel especially like men don't realize how they see women until we like confront them to the point of like wait what did you just say like yeah, they don't realize until they have to explain it to us what they're talking about, mm-hmm. and that is like they will be writing about shit or like literally saying something, something that you just cannot say, and you'll just be like, yeah. "Wait, that wasn't funny. Can you explain that to me?" Or I didn't get that, and then they'll be <laughs> like, "Oh wait, that actually is fucked up," or they'll or they'll be the complete opposite and just defend themselves to no end like oh you're just so sensitive like fuck off that happens so often too like no i'm not sensitive i'm just not letting you get away with this bullshit exactly i think (laughs) i think what you said about like i don't understand i think that is the best way to address stuff that isn't funny because then they have to figure out to themselves how to explain the joke and in the process of doing that they realize guess what it's not funny it's not not. like I just don't know because I think so many issues probably do come down to the fact there just isn't many women in the space and like male dominated spaces like perception of women in movies is probably there's not many female screenwriters or directors and how do we change that is simply by being a bitch frankly and forcing yourself into that industry I feel like the thing is, though, like there are so many women who would love to do that. But just because it, it is so male dominated, it is bar- it's just close to impossible because it's so, yeah. like you said, like you have to be a bitch to get in. And if you're not, you're fucked. Yeah. And then you've got to not be too much of a bitch that people don't want to work with you at the exactly. same time. Like 
there's it's a thin line it's yeah i'm trying to think of the the woman that directed little women is it greta goig i don't know i'm actually gonna google it because i don't want to say the wrong name because I, I feel like the, the fact i can't remember her name perhaps proves my point that there isn't as enough um <laughs> enough oh. female directors but even her, I'm pretty sure she came from like a family that was already in the yeah Greta Gerwig. Um, I'm pretty sure she already came from a family that was already in the industry, or she had some connection to like directing already. And she's probably one of the most prominent female directors at the minute. And like, even though it's great to see people like that, I feel like in male-dominated industries, it is women who are in it through like family connections. And yeah. you think at face level, like, oh great, that's a woman, but then you realise okay, what would have happened if they didn't have that family connection? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's tough, yeah. It's like, I think that leads a lot back to classism, but that's not really a topic I want to dive into today, I don't think. But it's, yeah. I, and, and, the, and the worst part about it is the only way to make change is to just, ignore it but that's a really really hard thing to do for a lot of people and even if you are someone who is like a bitch there still are moments that will get to you along the Mm -hmm. process of like breaking in yeah wasn't it a couple months ago when uh little mix came out with like uh they would go into meetings or stuff and um meetings i don't really remember what else but interviews and they would literally have to uh they would be told to flirt with the male oh my God. the males in the room to uh <laughs> or men in the room to you know get whatever their team wanted them to get that's absolutely horrific like that does not surprise me though unfortunately but that is vile <laughs> i have no words to even react to that to be honest with you it is just a cycle like um you're especially if if they would be young women like my mm. age or even younger because uh, i mean they're still young but they're older than i am yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and especially in music like you will and acting i'm pretty sure as well in a lot of mm-hmm. male dominated industries you'll do anything to get it like and especially if you're told like if you don't do this you won't get this if you don't flirt yeah. with these men you won't get it and then it it gets to the point of like okay so now if got this job i flirted with the, the these men then the men think oh she's attracted to me or like she wants oh, something from yeah. me and then it gets to like an unsafe point and we have the me too movement at that point because of all of that yeah and it it just it doesn't end the the men do essentially create a very unsafe place for us as well which is which makes it even harder like definitely and like as well so much of those industries also tie into the same negative like beauty standards because like i don't act anymore i haven't really i didn't ever really did it like a very crazy standard i was meaning to get back into it for years covid's here i don't really know if i want to anymore but i remember getting called like fat by people like casting when i was like dangerously underweight that that's that and I've photos of you being so underweight like obviously you were safe mm-hmm. but like that was unhealthy if you would have lost more weight then no absolutely not yeah so, yeah i mean oh my god 
I can't exactly show a photo in the middle of a podcast, but yeah, it's like I don't know. I it I kind of looked almost. I don't want to say I looked like a model because I'm not a model, but like it was that sort of level of thin is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And because of that, you could see all the muscle in my body. And I'm not a very like muscular person, but I had like defined muscles simply because there was literally no fat on my body at all. <laughs> yeah. So it's dangerous as fuck. And that that reminds me of a story from a couple years ago I think when uh some award show was gonna happen and I think it was BB Rexa couldn't get oh uh, yes. a stylist because she was too fat but, uh, for any of the brands to uh to dress her well, she's literally like I know a difference between fat and like skinny and mm-hmm. whatever like or whatever that even means like whatever uh but she is neat. Like, she's neither. Looks incredible. Yeah. And, like, and even, like, having this conversation, I feel weird talking about women's bodies. Yeah, I feel like it's not my business, <laughs> frankly, you know? Exactly. But, yeah, that just reminded me of that. Like, why the hell do brands even give a shit? Like, I know that um, the argument, I mean, I don't want to go into the fashion industry anymore. And I actually am probably going to link this to why, because it has a lot to do with why. But in the fashion industry, sample sizes are anywhere from a size zero to a size four at largest. Um, A size four is a UK eight or a EU 36. I know some EU countries like Italy have different sizing and stuff, but like a general EU 36. So that is the biggest they go. Um, However, so that's sometimes why designers will turn down people but the fact is if you have a celebrity who wants to wear your item it doesn't have to be a sample it could be something from a collection they've got out even if it's not from ready to wear and it's like limited it doesn't have to be a sample but samples are what they send to like fashion magazines and things and also i don't understand why they can't simply make more sample sizes in larger sizes i don't get that either it's it's like I remember a model saying, like, we're literally clothing hangers. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is ridiculous. Like, they just want it to be all to be as flat as possible, to just be as skinny and yeah. tiny as possible, and, like, to the point of unhealthy, and that it that scares me. That's why they're not allowed to smile on the runway either, because they say it distracts from the clothes. So they are literally mm-hmm. meant to you know just to display the clothes and at that point it's like just get a fucking robot or something like they are they, they are human beings exactly. and i know some of the i have some friends who have been models some who maybe they still do a bit i mean i've only i can only tell you i've heard from them you know not every agency not every like designer is going to be the same but i know that the requirements on waist size is a maximum of 26 Mm-hmm. Which at five foot three is what I am. If I was five foot nine, five ten, five eleven, six foot, that's not that's not healthy. And I'm barely like a twenty six, <laughs> you know. I'm like just <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So it's just, and that's small still as well because I'm like a small person myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that I it have to be like the same measurements as me, but a hell of a lot taller and probably smaller than me in a certain aspects as well because I'm not you know I'm not the same measurements as a model the fact that you'd have to be 10 times taller than me there's no way that could be possibly healthy because I'm I'm fairly small for my own height and my own weight still you know 
it That's it's mind blowing. Now I remember um, I follow this girl on TikTok, and she's a model in the Netherlands and a couple other countries as well. But she is Dutch, and she used to be like a normal model, and she eventually got out of that, and she's now a plus size model. But her oh I nice, think she is like my size or one size bigger ish mm-hmm. around that, and I'm like. <laughs> that is plus size. Also, if we're talking about plus size models, let me get into this. <laughs> All plus size models, at least the plus size models I have seen, I've talked about this on my Instagram before. They all still have a flat stomach. Yes! It's all big boobs, big ass. Love big that. Hips. Flat stomach, nice hips, you know? Yeah. But it's all the same body type. It's still the same body type as yeah. the skinny ones. And like I it, it's beautiful. Don't mind me. But <laughs> it is all the same. Like can we not get representative some diversity? Like can we can we get some like pear-shaped people? Like <laughs> can we get some like I don't know, apple shaped? Yeah, I mean the only brand that I've seen be more diverse, even I still think it's slightly limited, but is uh Savage X. So shout yeah. out to Rihanna for that. <laughs> That's the only yeah, pretty much one of the only brands I've seen do it too. It's yeah, and like all so much of this is why like this is a big reason I, I've ruled out working in fashion. I love fashion, but app absolutely fucking not and also experiences of people i know in the industry who don't work as models still having the same kind of like body standards but they they're working like communications or like marketing you're not even working as a model and you've still got these crushing standards upon you and pretty much everyone who works in fashion has had to be a bitch to get that because people think fashion's very female dominated 90 like the designers are still pretty much all male you know, mm-hmm. although people like working at fashion houses and all the models and like, you know, they, it's more female. All the designers are still male. And so on. all the magazines, the corporations will be owned by men still. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is just kind of that crushing beauty standard, as well as everyone being ridiculously ruthless of each other because they have to be to get where they are. Yeah. And I think it creates a toxic environment that I wouldn't want to be a part of. And that's my reason. <laughs> no, honestly, I get it. I remember this YouTuber. I don't know if her video about it is still up, so I won't say her name. But she is a model and she got contacted by America's Next Top Model, I think it was something like oh, that. Oh, that show. <laughs> and they wanted her on really badly. And she had done a couple interviews and then she would be the girl coming in like, a day later or something or just oh, later okay, yeah. in general and she she would have to act as the most like the biggest bitch ever oh so there would you know they would create some competitive energy and stuff like that and she was like i'm not gonna do that that's not me yeah and she didn't go obviously um but it's like come on you you really have to be a bitch for to get in anything i i kind of get that like at the end of the day it's a tv show they want it to be entertaining sure there's plenty of models who are actors in the first place and would love to do that get like an actor exactly like i don't know or just have a have 
a bit more of a a bad bitch character in general. Yeah. Like, there's there's no point in getting someone who's literally the sweetest. And the thing is, I feel like all her viewers would have been able to watch right Tell. through it because yeah. she's always so lovely. Like, there's no way it would have like passed you. Yeah. It's it is wild. I mean, like as well. One thing that has been really getting me recently is the whole girls supporting girls thing. We we were kind of getting onto this. But I'm kind of se- segueing over to it. So girls supporting girls. The idea that all women are nice and they can't like do anything wrong and you can't have any sort of critical thought about someone who just doing wrong because they're a woman and you like should support them. I don't think it's the hot take that people think it is. Like genuinely, maybe this is my like bad feminist opinion, but I'm not really. I like girls supporting girls, but like. I don't take it as a universal law because at the end of the day, in society, it's not just men, it's women as well. There are people who are just inherently not nice. They might be going through something which is making them not nice, but some people just are not nice. And I'm not going to support them because of that. Like, I'm not going to support Tana Mojo. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I used to when I was younger, I have to admit to that. But, like, now I'm older, I'm like, nah, that shit is Mm -hmm. not good. Like, why would I support her just because she's a she's a girl or woman like yeah what's the exactly. point I, and that is where i'm like i'm not gonna like actively support you anymore like yeah I, I will not hate you i will not like whatever yeah i definitely feel like girls support girls has pointed out how we were all kind of, a lot of us were made to dislike each other for no reason like due to sexism and stuff but at the same time it has restricted the idea that you cannot dislike another woman which is just not right <laughs> yeah and like especially when I was younger I I was disliked a lot like I said because I was mm. bossy and I was generally different like I was not really following fashion trends like I yeah. remember when jeans started to come in and <laughs> I have never liked wearing jeans I wore them eventually for mm-hmm. a really long time <laughs> But I never really liked them. Like when I got home, I took them off, put on sweatpants or leggings or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I vividly remember, I think I was about like eight, maybe a little around that age. I was wearing some sort of cargo pants, I think. And I I feel like they might have been pink. And this, <laughs> I love that. It's very on brand. That's exactly what I was about to say. (laughs) And uh, these girls come up to me and they're like, why aren't you wearing jeans? Why do you never wear jeans? Oh my God. I'm like, I don't know. Like, And at that point, I was still a bit more introverted. I was, I wouldn't say I was shy, but Mm -hmm. I was always shut out and bullied a lot. Yeah. And that was like, we're not doing that. Like, I don't like jeans. I didn't say that, obviously, but... Mm -hmm. I was terrified. Uh, <laughs> I remember that so clearly. Like, and eventually, I I went up to my mom. And I was like, I want jeans. Oh and my god, I have a similar memory. Actually, I remember I wore like a puffer jacket as a kid, and these girls started calling me fat because of the puffer jacket. And I was like eight years old, so I went and bought like a different coat, which is pathetic. Um, I can't remember who it was. One of my family members didn't want me to get. I think it was my dad. Probably it was like, no, she's not getting a different coat out of it because of it. But they were making fun of me like every single day, and it was just ridiculous. And I just don't understand why. I think a lot of 
I hate to say it because some people are going to be like, oh, it's not jealousy, you're like in your head. I think a lot of it is jealousy about like you having the boldness to be different and do what you want to do while they feel pressured to conform to like the standard, I guess. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I was, I've been, I've always been different. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember in high school as well, I were... I wore leggings. And <laughs> this is so <laughs> embarrassing. I would never wear them now, but they were really bold. I'm not going to even say what was on it. Oh, but. I know the exact style because I had a discussion with Anna once and we were saying we both wore, like, I had, like, cow print ones and all sorts of different stuff. Okay. Yeah. These weren't even cow style print, but, like, you know the type of The bold. style, the era. Yeah. Yep. Um, I wore them to school and I was like, I love these so much and that was just the era of like wearing leggings under your shorts so I wore shorts oh yeah I know exactly what you mean (laughs) and I was so happy with it like I I got them while I was shopping in Germany with a friend at the time and I was so happy with them I loved them and I went to school and everybody bullied me for it and I never (laughs) wore them again and it's the same thing I wore a bright here's the thing orange is one of my colors orange red yellow uh, the right type of yellow pink <laughs> yeah. bright colors are my colors like they look good on me so i wore a bright orange top and the thing is orange is the color of the netherlands <laughs> oh yeah i was thinking that i was like very patriotic there <laughs> so whenever you wear orange it's like Oh, it's not King's Day. Or back then it was oh, oh, it's not King's right. Day. Oh, are you gonna watch like football or whatever? Like, no, <laughs> yeah. I just I, I like, just like this color. Like, let me live. Mm. Um so that that's always been an issue. I got bullied a lot for wearing orange. Um while we're on the topic of like weird fashion things. Can we just talk about low-rise jeans? Like, what was that? No, they're trying to. The people are trying to bring them back. They're back at the minute, technically, Get in that cycle of fashion. Fuck out. Here's the thing. I saw some photos of me wearing them ages ago, and it's just you have to have a very specific body type to be able to pull them off. The majority of people don't pull them off. Yeah. I'm one of those people. I don't. Um, I literally look like, like, it looks like a cupcake. <laughs> like, it's just like, like I have big hips. Yeah, I I look work. I remember I used to wear not low rise but like mid rise, and they were like fairly low to be honest. When I was really underweight, and that looked great when I had abs because I had no fucking body fat. But now it's just like, enjoy the surgery scar for my appendix if I were to wear them. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean like, the thing is, like, scars, I mean, it, it depends on a person, obviously, but like, yeah. um, I wouldn't mind if people saw scars I have. Yeah. But it's just like, it doesn't look flattering. Also, no. while we're at that, it doesn't look flattering, sure. Is that something we generally, genuinely think? Or is that something yes. we can hold? <laughs> yep. Exactly that. I think there's ideas of what you can wear at 
certain ages as well. Because I remember like family members being like, oh yeah, you should wear that, wear it while you're young, you won't be able to in like 10 years. And I'm like, why couldn't I wear it in 10 years though? You know what I, I mean? So many people tell me like, oh, in a couple of years, you won't be wearing crop tops anymore. Look at me, I'm still wearing crop tops, fuck off. And also, same literally right now. Same thing with like coloring your hair and stuff. Like, yeah. I wish I had my hair bright pink still. It cannot mm-hmm. because of the study I'm doing and like the yeah. job I was doing and whatever. Um, I would love to have my hair bright pink. But there, every time I do it, there is somebody like 10 years older than me. Maybe not even. They're <laughs> like, oh, I wish I could do that. And I started doing it when I was like 16. Yeah. So they would be like 26-ish. I'm almost like, I'm three years away from being 26 i would love to have my hair bright pink at 26 get out like that is like why can i why can people not wear or do things they would love or they like i think a lot of it is in sort of the idea of like professionalism which is a load of bullshit and that's rooted in a lot of racism i wrote like a whole thing about this like last year like i well not the whole article was about it but a part of it was about the idea of professionalism and i was saying it's harder for people who uh don't have a lot of money to be seen as professional um without shopping at like fast fashion brands and stuff mm-hmm. to do an ethical fashion um, and in the same way that, like, you might be able to afford to dress professionally, um, some people's straight up, like, body types or hairstyles and stuff aren't seen as professional. And why? Like, you know, like, it's unjustifiable. Yeah, it's like, that's the whole reason. Like, I'm currently doing tourism. If I did, if I, I just for my internships and stuff i need to have my hair a normal color um and even when i worked at my last job they had only just um passed the the thing that you were allowed to show tattoos and stuff like that or just i don't know how long that was i had to take up my septum piercing (laughs) i was not allowed to show that and at first, I was constantly like flipping it up for my for my weekends at work. Uh, eventually, it got really infected, so I took it out. But like that is, yeah. Like just because I have a ring in my nose does not make me less professional. Just because my hair is bright pink does not mean I'm not professional. And especially exactly. like you suddenly like worse at your job. No, the thing is like I'm pretty sure if i was able to just keep my hair pink have my septum out and stuff like that i would most likely be better at my job because i was myself yeah and you'd be happier absolutely because like i (laughs) haven't really gotten into this with a lot of friends yet but i have realized since i left the job or well it was kind of like oh we don't have enough hours because of covid uh, mm-hmm. So we we're gonna have to let you go, which is fine. But since I left, I have been so much happier. I have yeah. been. I I'm. I feel free. I feel like myself. I can think for myself. I can do whatever. I don't know. Like, I don't want to talk too much about like 
bad because I don't want to get into trouble. But like, yeah, because I have details that I <laughs> don't want to talk about, but uh, or would like to talk about, but won't talk about on the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. There's just, I don't know, it's it's ridiculous the things that people will say to you just because you're different, and even. In a professional setting. Yeah. I kind of want to talk about the idea that the perception of beauty is kind of very similar to actual an actual child. Like, because that's something that TikTok has pointed out recently to me. Yeah. I feel really old talking about TikTok. I'm like, oh, on TikTok. I'm like, I should not be on TikTok. I'm only 21, but I feel like it's for like 15 year olds. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm like, I shouldn't be there. <laughs> I don't know why. The thing is, I'm on the side of TikTok of my age. Yeah, most people are at this point. When I first started, like my For You page is obviously like not customized to you when you first start. And I was like, oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> but once it, it gets quite accurate after a while. But yeah, I remember seeing a couple of TikToks talking about this and it was like, why is the perception of beauty being short, thin, hairless, like youthful? Like, isn't that concerning to you? <laughs> it honestly is. And it literally is like a child. And I just and don't just know like how to react to this. Like obeying to whatever is being high pitched voice. Yes. I do not have a high pitched voice. I have a low fucking voice and I love it. I think it's great. But especially in women, like I wouldn't say my voice is the highest, but mm-hmm. you, the thing is, if you see girls flirting with each other, like girls girls yeah the way you get them is with the low voice okay so like where does it go wrong yeah because when you i used to do this as well like when i wanted to flirt with men when i was younger or boys when i was younger i would pitch my voice up higher without even noticing i was doing it or suddenly start laughing more and you're like, they're not even funny. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> they're not even funny. I used to do that so much and I'm like, what? As well, like, talking about this, the standards for men are so much lower than for women. Like, yeah. the one thing I've noticed recently is like, have you ever liked someone? You look back on it and you're like, they were not hot. They were like just six foot four in a leather jacket and played the guitar. Or they're like, or they just, or they were just like a runner or they were like an athlete. Like, you're like, they're not hot. They just, they just had that. <laughs> and I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> is it mean to talk about people I've dated? Don't just be a bit non-specific so they can't claim it's them. We're all good. <laughs> like last year, like I think it was right before like lockdown, the first lockdown. Mm-hmm. I went on one date with this dude. Um, then he, I think he I remember on, this. He's <laughs> got a memory. Strong, yeah. And I was like, "This is not gonna happen." And we were. He was talking about he had a crazy ex, and that was already where I was like, "Oh, that's a red flag." I'm sorry. Yeah. I think we should I do a whole that. episode about red flags in dating. Honestly, I think I could talk for hours, man. Same. I th- uh, yeah. He said that, and I was at that point. I already was like, okay, this is not gonna happen. Like, we're not gonna see each other. Because chances are, they're the ones insane. The ex is probably not. Just saying. And he he wouldn't talk about it really. 
Like, mm-hmm. I asked him, like, why is she crazy? And she's like, oh, yeah. Like, he wouldn't really talk about it. So I was like, oh. Exactly. I think people can have crazy exes, but if you won't talk about it, like, okay, like, it was probably you then. It was, <laughs> like, if it's like they literally stalked me and my entire family, okay, fair. Like, <laughs> there are definitely are people like that. But I think a lot of it is, like, men being interesting in relationships and not yeah. really, like, setting boundaries and then being upset when someone else set a boundary i think it's all communication issues to be honest here's the thing you shouldn't have these issues you know here's the thing so like i think it was the next day literally the next day i knew he would be like closer to me because he'll he lives like an hour drive away from me Mm -hmm. or something and he would be in a town next to me for work and um at night or like late afternoon whatever he called me or he texted me or whatever, and I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm not really feeling well. Da, da, da. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm always open about that. And he calls me, and he's like, okay, I'm on my way to see you. What? We just met <gasps> yesterday. No! Absolutely not. Like, get the fuck out. I want to sleep. I want to take a nap. Yeah. I want to be in my, my life. Own. Get the fuck out of here. So I told him, like, <laughs> No, don't do that. I'm gonna take a nap and then probably ghost you for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and then a couple months ago, actually, it's not. A, I don't even think it's a couple months ago. Not a few weeks ago. Let's just put it put it there. He messaged me and he's like, "Hey, how are you with like COVID and stuff?" And I'm like, "What? We haven't spoken oh my since God. last year." If it was something so brief and he like remembered you like after something so brief, that's bit crazy just to begin with i mean you're iconic that's why but i mean like most people don't really think uh, a year later oh i'm gonna text this person i spoke to you briefly a year ago because you've moved past that exactly so i t- i literally responded huh and then he's like yeah i wanted to ask if you wanted to go for a drive again and i literally i just said no i didn't even say anything else and then like last week maybe not even a week ago let me see when this was, cause oh my god, on Monday, so not even okay. A week ago, oh my he texts me, "Hi, how are you?" <laughs> I didn't even. Didn't I say oh. no? Like I wasn't clearly yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah, and every Men time I post like on that. Snapchat and stuff, like I get the ick, like oh, ick. remove him, you, block him, block. If a you clock. saw, but yeah, that is like crazy uh, i don't know wh- how i got to I, this no yeah but this kind of leads into something else i was gonna say anyways um i kind of wanted to say men don't really know no because they are told like as a child if you're mean to a girl then it shows you like them and like, all these really like inherently wrong and fucked up stuff and i think because of that they're taught that like oh girls are taught to play hard to get and then boys think oh she's just playing hard to get rather than she's like not fucking interested um and i think that leads to a lot of harassment and i've got a story that i want to talk about but like i think the person who i'm gonna i think they're gonna see it i think they there's a high potential they might actually hear the story and they'll be pissed but i really do i want to i want to spill the tea i want to drop the story no you'll know the story it's something that happened to me at university last year oh what you what you texted me um no this is about someone who lived in my building go ahead girl 
<laughs> Do you know the one I'm talking about? <laughs> I might edit this out. We'll see how it goes. It depends how bold I'm feeling when we're editing. Um, so um, this is just one example of men thinking that you're just playing hard to get, which to be honest, maybe I'm a little bit, uh, maybe I do a little bit, but like, it's clear when I say no, if I tell you to fuck off that I mean no. Here's the thing. When I play hard to get, I get bold. Like, I get risky. Yeah. Like, how do I, I make say it clear? Like, I'm, I'm pretty like easygoing. I'm like, um, I'll get on your nerves. Like, <laughs> I will do everything to get on your nerves. And that is when I play hard to get. Because I will keep talking to you. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that really hard to get? It's just like being a no. bitch. But like... I'm, I wouldn't say I'm... I wouldn't say I play hard to get. I'd say I am hard to get. And what's wrong with that? It's called having high standards and being picky and... And just don't... Stuff like that. Okay, anyone who listens. Mm-hmm. And even to you. It's also a message to me. If you have high standards, if you know you have high standards, don't fucking drop them. You have Don't those... waste your time. Don't yeah. waste your time. You have those standards for a fucking reason. If they're too yes. low, if you're aware they're too low, raise those fucking standards. It's like, yeah. I've had my time wasted by so many boys, by so many men. Yeah, tell me the story. So, this person lived in the same place as me. That's as specific as I am going to get. I don't give a fuck anymore at all and if they see this hi enjoy um (laughs) yeah so i didn't realize how fucked up this was for months afterwards um until i spoke to other people about it and kind of let it sit in the back of my mind so essentially after a night out once uh we all sat in the kitchen of this building uh that we all lived in there was three of us there's two guys and there's me one of the guys is completely not involved at all he was just present while this was all happening so um this guy tells me he goes oh yeah at the beginning of term we put like a bounty on you and bleep other person this other person has graduated and knows about it because i told her so it said we'd put a bounty on you two um because you're both like hard to get so hard to get became like a bit of a nickname for me um it's just because I wasn't fucking interested in any of you. So that's why it was hard to get. Uh, but I'm not too pissed about the hard to get thing because they didn't mean it in an ill intent. It was like a joke. But that kind of links to this story. Um, so, they, yeah, that's why. And they said, oh, yeah, because of that, we put a bounty on you. And it's the first person to sleep with either of you gets three pints for the rest of the term. And I do not know who else was involved in this, apart from this guy that obviously was trying to tell me the story. I don't fucking know why. Were you trying to impress me? Were you trying to, like, get me to, like... I don't understand why... In what scenario do you think this will go down well? Then the other guy who was sat in the room with us, I've never seen... He looked really shocked. And he didn't know how to react. He didn't want me to obviously kick off at the guy, but then didn't want me to think, like, I was overreacting at the same time. And I think he was quite awkwardly stuck in the middle. Um, and he was like, oh, he's probably bullshitting. It probably didn't happen. He's probably just trying to, like, you know, he was trying to make, like, trying to, I don't know. He was trying to make sure, it was, like, really late, early in the morning, like, late in the night. So he was trying to obviously make sure we didn't wake people up, is what I'm assuming. And he was like, oh, I think he's bullshitting. It's probably just him and one of his, like, friends. It's probably not that many people when I was trying to figure out, like, who else was involved. Um, because he said, I don't know anyone that was involved. I believe him because he's like a decent person from the encounters I had. I believe that he doesn't know who else was involved. So I talked to other people 
in college other guys about this and uh, one guy in particular who was kind of on the same course as me and I've he looked so shocked and disgusted and he clearly had no clue and then I was assuming that if he had no clue his friendship group had no clue and to this day I've never been able to narrow down who it actually was or if maybe the guy that was trying to like obviously calm the situation was right in saying that perhaps it was just him that guy that told me and one or two other people just trying to look fucking impressive but the thing is I, like I said I don't know why you think this would be a good thing to tell someone one why do it in the first place it's literally harassment it literally is sexual harassment on a really crazy scale two why do you think telling the person is gonna do anything and three then trying to hit on me several times afterwards and I've got to admit I was just trying to be nice I didn't want drama because I was like I'm gonna see this person loads and loads of times again and I and you know um and stuff like that and I was just trying to be really really nice because I just wanted the situation to be over and done and gone um yeah no not anymore I'm done uh (laughs) I'm done I don't care anymore that's why I didn't report it or anything like that because I was like they live in the same building as me we're in the same college I'm gonna see them we're both on like that narrows it down too much I'm not saying that Uh, we're both gonna be around for the same amount of time um so I'm gonna see this person a lot with COVID I've seen them once in the past year and my friend stood in the corner because he thought he's like I bet there's gonna draw we're gonna go down I don't want to miss it it's what he told me afterwards <laughs> I found that hilarious I love that um he's like I wanted to see how you dealt with it and I was like oh I'll just try and be professional but then I think even that might have came across badly because it was sort of like at the bar and you have to like track and trace people like on the form and the head of the bar had given people like household numbers so you didn't have to type in their address and I didn't have the document up. It was like failing. And I was like, oh, can you send me your address for the form? But I realised that probably looked quite badly. I was like, can you like message me it so I can send it so you can get it sorted out for the form and stuff. And that probably came across badly in their eyes, you know, because I was, you know, because if they misinterpret stuff that much anyways. And yeah, they've tried to hit on me several times since. I tried to be nice thinking, like the last time they tried that, I tried to be nice thinking like, okay, it might just be like a friendly conversation. They might be just trying to move past what happened. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And it definitely fucking wasn't. So I'm, I'm done. Um, and yeah, one of the other encounters happened just before COVID. Um, saw me run out of a club because uh, my friend was having like a crisis. So I went to comfort my friend and went back to get some water from like the kitchen and stuff. And they were like, are you okay? I told them what happened. And then tried to message me being like, what's your room number? I'll like come over like come spoon was the exact thing and then I think my friends I had to talk them out of putting a spoon on his table at dinner because they were they like they wanted to do it I think I talked them out of it in the end I really wish they'd done it now because it would have been fantastic I remember this (laughs) and then our group chat name is come spoon now because of that Um, like that is such a weird way to like try and hook up with somebody like they tried to hit why? on me on the first week as well with a really, really weird comment whispered in my ear in a club. But, like, why don't you just say you want to hook up? I mean, I would have said no, but I would appreciate that over-harassment. <laughs> or, like, some like some sort of hint towards it. Not, like, come spoon. Like, are you really... <laughs> How old are you? Like, come on. But I, I don't know if I was just being too nice, essentially, because I was, like, trying to be like, no... And then I'd be friendly to them because we lived like in the same building. I'd see them several times, like every single day. So I was like, I'm just going to be nice and treat them as if I treat anyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that maybe gave the idea that I was interested when I wasn't, but I don't think that's necessarily, that's not my fault. That's not my 
Absolutely and, not. That is the thing. Like men don't get the message. Generally. Yeah. Like I wanted to continue that sentence, but that is really all I. That's necessary. You know what? Actually, I think I still have this person on my Instagram, so I'm going to remove them right now. On do that on while on the podcast. No, but like I, the thing is, you can. I've already got them restricted, so I can't remember this person's username. I'm trying to see if they viewed my story, maybe to try and find them. Oh my god! I I just found this person on Instagram. I had to go into my restricted follower session. I don't follow them anymore, so I don't know if it. I, I and they don't appear to be following me anymore. So I'm wondering if someone's actually said something to them and they found out how pissed I am about the situation. Oh, no, good. we are just. I'm gonna cover this up and I'm just gonna go block. No, but oh my god, you can you can block with new accounts they may create. That's genius. I've done that now. Good. I feel freed from that. I feel quite good oh, about I that. I love that. Yes, bitch. One thing I wanted to talk about actually is what you were talking about, kind of what you were talking about a little while ago, is like perceptions of women in relationships that women want kids, they want a house, they want a really serious relationship automatically. When it's not really the truth it's just not that's not me i don't think that's you like people automatically as soon as you're speaking to them think you want a serious relationship because you are a woman who said i want to give you my time to start with (laughs) that makes me sound so full of myself but you get the point here's the thing for me i love dating i love Mm -hmm. getting to know people i um love giving people my time as long as they are on the same vibe as i am uh, yeah. As long as they don't take my energy, stuff like that. I am not the type to um, want kids. I same. I'm a, I'm a career person. I yep, want to focus exactly. on myself. I don't want to put all my time or all my free time in someone I'm dating. Yep. <laughs> I just want good vibes, communication. Mm. And yep. I just want to good have a good time. Like I and the thing is, okay, I'm gonna get into this. So at my last job, mm-hmm. I always I've told you about this multiple times. Yeah. I always had people um how am I gonna say <laughs> comment or not even just comment, but like Loki complain about the fact that I didn't want kids. I've had people be like, you change your mind when you're older. I I haven't changed my mind yet. And also, like, I've got kind of health considerations now after being seriously when I was younger that put me off even further. And it just, it not even, not even because of like, I know some people are saying it's a bit eugenics-y when you're like, oh, I don't want kids because I don't want to pass on my illness. That's not really the reason. Although that is like a reason. The reason is it could fuck me up health-wise and I'm not willing to do that because I should be fine as long as, as long as nothing fucks up the surgery that they did on me. Having a kid could fuck up the surgery they did on me. So I'm not really, no. <laughs> I don't like children anyways, like, really, to be honest. And you know, what What it was the most, the most interesting part of it all was um i could barely like i'm autistic i could barely deal with the this everything around me at my job what makes you think that i could deal a baby or a toddler or whatever like a kid a loud ass kid who needs any like your attention at any point of the day what makes you think i can deal with that 
I was going to make a joke that I'm too much of an Aquarius to give anything that much attention. <laughs> that is true. That is true. I, like, I, even when I was thinking a minute ago when you were talking about, like, kind of what you'd look for, I was like, fucking hell, I've got issues. I was like, I like, I couldn't date someone that would cross the street for me. I like a bit of distance. I like to have my own space. But like, I can't be bothered to see you today and they'll be like, cool. <laughs> or, like, stuff like that. I like having the freedom to do my own thing. And also, like, the other person wanting the same, wanting to do their own thing. And then occasion, and you'll like encourage each other. And like, I feel like I'm discussing a business partnership here. <laughs> I'm not a very romantic person. I think it's quite clear. Um, but like, I don't know, like someone who's just as ambitious and driven as me likes their own space. I wouldn't mind, like, I have a lot of like friends who live quite far away. Not saying I want someone far away, but I necessarily wouldn't mind that sort of thing. Just, I want my own space and my own independence. I don't like the type of relationships where it's like, we are now one entity no I want to be like I am my own person I just add to this person's life and they add to mine does that make sense exactly like I don't want to like waste my time in any way like and especially I am I'm so sensitive to people's energies yeah slightly off I will I can tell when I first meet people my gut feeling I need to just go a bit more because I've ignored it and then got myself into a mess but my first impressions are usually correct every time i ignore it intuition i I used to ignore ignore it so much but every time i ignore it it gets me into so much trouble my only issue with intuition these days is after being in a terrorist attack i'll get into this in a different episode my whole life story you could it's hard sometimes to distinguish whether it's intuition or just straight up paranoia um oh yeah but I, that's not something I suffer with massively because I don't have many like effects from it anymore. I definitely, definitely like if there's a massive bang, occasionally I'll be like fucking hell, like what would just happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can get more paranoid, like, invasive paranoia thoughts. You know, that's like a load of bullshit, but it's based on like the fear in a way still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it's a form of PTSD for sure. Yeah, I've got over most of it because I think to begin with, I used to like I couldn't bear a door slamming. I couldn't go out, like I couldn't go to big concerts anymore because it just like it was too much. I don't have that anymore. It's just kind of like just learning to not be scared and just fucking do stuff. Yeah, it is terrifying to do that. Um, Definitely, you're killing. But I definitely think that's a very justified reason to have paranoia that you heard a bomb go off and twenty two people died. (laughs) Like, yeah. The way I talk about it is so lightheartedly. Maybe that's concerning too. We'll discuss that later. <laughs> well, we'll definitely get into it in an in a different episode because episode on its own. Yeah, yeah. Um, just generally and like our near death experiences. Um, yep. Because the thing is, I am very aligned with my shadow self, basically, like in mm-hmm. my uh, trauma, my darker side, and with stuff like that. I know. No, know myself and from what I know from you is you push that shit away <laughs> I hmm, I sort of use it as like an origin story in a way I use it to drive me the fact that I've overcome so much of it but then I like I mean women have to work 10 times harder than men anyways that's a fact but I've sort of become a toxic I don't want to say workaholic because that's not the word but I cannot sit still I mean this links into the whole near-death thing which James and I've talked about before I just can't sit still and let time pass by me I always need to be working on something doing something constantly otherwise I feel like I'm not doing enough and I think like I I look at all the things I've overcome like I only did that by being a bitch essentially being the bitch and the boss and um 
and like putting in so much work that I feel like I need to constantly and I'm holding myself to such a high standard that I think it's ridiculous and I'm undoubtedly going to fail because no one can meet the standard I've set for myself that's one thing I have where other people's perceptions aren't what bothers me it's my own standards I set for myself which is it's probably mind-blowing to some people but that that is what it's like I think I've heard a lot of that sort of stuff from like I'm not saying I'm an athlete, I'm really unfit, but that's the sort of mindset I've heard from athletes. They set such high standards for themselves that they are like undoubtedly gonna fail, but they can't look at it that way because you've got to have the competitism and the drive. And I definitely feel every single part of that. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's funny you bring that up because I have the same currently for mm-hmm. like my next music release. Because the first release, 5,000 streams in a week. Yeah, it's really, really good. Obviously, the acoustic I didn't really promote. But 5,000 streams in a week is insane for a first release. Like, independent everything. Like, that's insane. That doesn't really happen a lot. Um, But I'm putting so much pressure on myself for the next single. Yes, that's it. I am genuinely terrified that it's not going to do as well, even though the song, in my opinion, is better. Um, Yeah. I am terrified of um like what if people don't like it what if what if it doesn't do as well and i i feel like it is in a way it is a very normal thought but at the same time like there's no way it's gonna do as well because people have had the first impression and if the first impression wasn't good then they're not gonna go back and listen to anything or whatever like majority i put out now which is fine like that is normal like most people are more interested in someone's first ever release especially mm-hmm. um when it's such a long anticipated wait because that yeah it has definitely been that <laughs> um but it is incredibly scary in a way like at the same time i'm like oh well it's fine like by now yeah it's a little bit over a month. I think we are very close to 8,000 streams. Um, let me check. We're very close to 8,000 streams. We hit 7,000 last week. Nice. So It's still doing really well. It's still doing really well. Yeah. Um, but that makes me like... It's terrifying. Hope everyone is going to be this, on the same level of hyped. Um, yeah. yeah, I definitely relate because I feel like I mean I'm going to give my life story properly in an episode of itself. But you've already known there was the terrorist attack. There was like the health issues why I almost died like at 16. I then had to basically leave school because I was too old to be there. And then I got myself into one of the best universities in the UK and the world. And I got a really great grade last year despite being COVID affected. I've been struggling even more this year with university work. And because of all that, I feel like I've still got to prove myself in a way. I don't, I'm already accepted. But because I did so well last year, I want to maintain that. But the circumstances are completely different. And it feels like even though you might make it to a really, really high standard, unless you continue performing at that standard, you're not doing enough. And that is, if I'm going to burn out if I keep doing that way and I'm trying to change it because I'm aware that I'm gonna burn out if I keep looking at things that way but it is just so high pressure and I don't think it's anyone putting the pressure on but me myself and I it's good that you're aware that it's yourself 
Yeah. That it is it's a, <laughs> like it literally is a you problem. It's very good that you're aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um whenever I'm aware of things, I write things and not even songs. I literally write in a journal and I will ask myself questions where yeah. it's coming from and why and everything like why I need to and then I realize usually realize that it's fucking stupid. <laughs> I should probably look you into know, where it comes like from. you know it's stupid, but you need oh, it yeah. on paper. You need to see it, or I I do. I need to see it. Why it's stupid and why it doesn't make sense, and then it clicks. And then I'm like, okay, fuck it. I'm. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I cannot keep doing this to myself. And if it doesn't work, I'll do it again and again and again until it yeah. works. And I think as well because everything that I'm trying to achieve has been so hard won before like so much effort's gone into it and the stuff that I want to achieve in the future again is so competitive and as a woman it's harder to prove yourself especially when it's really male dominated that I'm like I need to work this hard constantly whether I do or not I won't know until after it's already happened um (laughs) so I think I need to find balance but that is also I think a byproduct of the fact that women do need to work 10 times harder than men because I feel like yeah I yeah I feel like you've got to prove yourself more and it's and yeah I just set too high standards for myself and it's ridiculous yeah how I see it is like currently you actually have the time to take breaks right Mm. once you actually go into the field you want to go into you will have to keep going until you break pretty much like yeah. break through or literally break um <laughs> you're right yeah um until you're successful and then at that point you need to push a little bit further and then you can take a break and that is mm-hmm. probably the most difficult thing uh, so how i see it now at least that's in a lot of fields not in every field but yeah uh, how i see it now is like i'll take my time to just take breaks um rest meditate learn about myself how i react to certain things especially being autistic like i need to know in what environments i uh get calm very fast what just stuff like that in what Mm -hmm. what environments i get really stressed out and uh just stuff like that and i feel like every person has their triggers and like what calms them and what stresses them out um i just have them a little bit on like uh, steroids i guess uh, <laughs> but you just need to know well need to you i i personally think you should know what triggers you and how you can take yeah. that out and good thing you have a libra friend right here the queen of skills yeah but yeah you're right like I don't know like I mean I am inherently like hard-working ambitious driven like that's just part of who I am but I need to relax a little and so much of this also comes back to the episode we're gonna do with James uh when I need to we need to message him about that have you not even uh, asked him I have asked him he said yes but we have not organized when it's actually like gonna happen you know what I mean um so he said yes but that was like January when I asked him about it because originally I was going to start this in like January um but yeah uh this comes down to a lot of it comes down to almost dying and then knowing how short life is and you don't want to press pause at any point yeah absolutely I get that though like it's 
it's, I'm kind of at that point too, and especially like last summer, I was at that point. But yeah. it, I am very like consciously deciding to take break. If I can do music in my free time, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, so if somebody asks me like, hey, do you want to go into a session like on this and this day? I will say yes. Yeah. Um, and that can get me into a lot of trouble. Step away for a second and be like, okay, is this a good decision? Think about that. Yeah. And then uh, I'll book something. I very much live like under the, in terms of like social events and like also, I guess, job opportunities. I feel like you should say yes to 90% of stuff because that's how I've met a lot of people all gotten ahead in life. But I think I need to learn to say maybe no sometimes as well because I say yes to pretty much every opportunity I can get. And it definitely has paid off, as you can see in a lot of the stuff I do. Like, it's definitely paid off. But I need to just chill. I need to learn to chill. I feel like I'm a, like, I feel like, I don't know, like some kind of workaholic middle-aged lawyer talking about this. But I think is saying yes is so good, but saying no is powerful. Like, it, yeah. it's like all about protecting your own energy. Exactly, yeah. And um, I feel like, um, I'm really good at saying no. I used to be too good at saying no. And that doesn't <laughs> happen a lot because I have anxiety and I don't want to disappoint people. Uh, but at the same time, like, I matter most to me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got to look after yourself before you can even do anything else. Like, I'm not a very selfless person. Some people take pride in being selfless. I see that as neglecting yourself. Maybe that says something about me. Like, I'm not going to... I'm not the sort of person that sacrifices myself for other people if I know it's gonna... If I know I'm sacrificing myself, I'm not gonna do it. You know what I mean? You take pride in being selfish. Yeah, same. Like, I think you cannot help anyone if you basically... Say you're trying to move, push someone out of the way of an oncoming train. It's like a visualisation you're not going to help anyone if you fall and trip and now you're both in front of the train. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel it, I find it really, really hard to explain for some reason. But no, I think... I, I get what you mean. Like, I think that is the best way to explain it. Like, yeah, people, we're, once again, going back to the whole conversation, we're taught that being selfish is a bad thing. But <laughs> self-care is the most important thing. And yeah. people see being selfish as a bad thing i don't i see it as self-care yeah i think as well women are particularly taught to be selfless like look after the kids raise this stay at home you know essentially be submissive fuck that like absolutely i didn't (laughs) one thing that really i mean my mom this comes Mm -hmm. from my mom but uh if my mom would like go to like family birthdays or whatever like we wouldn't usually come with her because okay. we, we didn't really get along with the cousins uh, I really only get along with like three of my cousins <laughs> but um so we wouldn't go and usually my dad would stay with us you know to take care of us mm-hmm. and they would always ask her like Oh, so is is he watching the kids? Like, is he like babysitting? Oh, yeah. Like, no, he's taking care of. He's us. Looking like, after his own children. <laughs> like, he made 
he's part of the process of making us like he better exactly. takes care of us like it's not like babysitting your own no it's not babysitting your own kids yeah it's oh, it's ridiculous that is like my mom like raised me pretty feminist to be fair like there's still some that. things that i well by now there's uh things that i am more uh, more of a feminist in i guess yeah um, but which is normal because there's definitely like a bigger generation gap in that um, oh yeah but like i remember when i was young first of all when i was little i was homophobic <laughs> Oh. Now, a bisexual queen <laughs> besides that I was so into like the well I, I wouldn't say I was so into like gender things I was like whenever my cousin for example was like oh this is cool I would be like oh but that's for boys and then when they same came, like, when they, well, when kind they of. were like um, yeah well that doesn't matter like girls can do can have things for boys I was like yeah that's true like or or like yeah it wasn't necessarily it, it was more like internalized than yeah. that I actually meant that yeah if that makes sense but like I I had just very different views same thing I was raised in a very I was raised in a very racist environment constantly mm-hmm. everything I know I taught myself yeah mm-hmm. I did my research I stuff like that like it's ridiculous but that also means yeah. I learned that all way too late way later than I should have but that's a different episode <laughs> and, I don't know my dad's always been pretty like liberal I guess but I think you know as a kid I preferred boys toys to girls toys and my dad never really had an issue with that like he showed me it wasn't wrong it was like when I came in contact with other kids that is when it like got me it was like their views and stuff like that and even like I did taekwondo and I got to red belt which is like one below black and I hid that from people like I just didn't tell people that was something I actually did that is something, um, like, it's I crazy. This is something to be so fucking proud of. Like, that is insane. Exactly. That, that is something you had to hide because of judgment. And then even, like, now, like, I forced myself to actually actively dislike a lot of the sports that I now really, really love, want to go into, like, as a media people, as, like, a media person, and write about. Like, I taught myself to dislike them because they were, like, boys' things. And it's really fucked. Um... And I've had a lot of men actually try and tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about just without even hearing me say anything about it or try and use it to, like, flirt with me or to try and, I don't know, undermine me and, you know, continue the idea that it's a men's thing. Um, But I just don't deal with it anymore. I'm not fucking having it anymore. (laughs) No, it's... I just think it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, generally the things you are into, or especially the sports things and stuff, are, like male dominated mm-hmm. come on like there's plenty of women that can like sports like get the- exactly uh, I say like it's the same with like men liking makeup like it doesn't mean they're gay. yeah it doesn't mean they're transgender it just means they like putting colors on their face <laughs> exactly I mean like 
up until a year ago, I was not really watching sport again and I wanted to go into fashion and all of this kind of happened all at once because I was at home with my dad and he was watching it and I was like, fuck, I, like, I, I really like this. And I basically had to relearn it because it'd been so long since I watched any of it, even though I might have grown up when I was in primary school watching it. The only sport that I actually actively like watched in years had been like skiing, snowboarding, and there's quite a lot of women in that. Not more skiing than snowboarding. Um, and then other sports like cycling, which I'd say is the worst sport for gender equality, um, with, I think it's Anna van der Bragen, which her name's Dutch, so I've mispronounced that probably. Um, and, she, <laughs> and she earned 900 euros as a prize versus 17,000 for the men, um, which is disgusting. <laughs> and like... That- like it's yeah, not and just that's, a difference it's completely what yeah and I know like, some people can say like women's sports aren't watched as much fair but she earned 95% less than the male champion I think the male is, champion is was Dutch as well but I'm not I'm not gonna say his name because it's the wrong winner because <laughs> I need to check <laughs> the thing is if that like if it would be affected by viewers like the prize right there's no way it can be it can be that much there's no way 95 percent. yeah exactly if if it was based by that right yeah what did you say 17 he got 17 grand she got 900 euros 930 i think exactly if she got like 15 grand yeah something like that it would make sense if it was based on like views and whatever fine would it make would it like be good? Would it be all right? No. For it to still be a difference? No. Absolutely not. But at least there's a reason behind it. Whereas I don't think you can say 95% less people watch women's cycling than they do men's. Also, but there was a scandal as well, which involved female cyclists. And I know a lot of people will say probably the sport that I watch, which is the worst of gender equality, would be F1. And I'd say undoubtedly no because there are 10 there is actually a lot of women in cycling versus not as many in f1 but the women in f1 aren't treated as badly as the women in cycling in my opinion mm-hmm. that's how oh, i see it i get that <laughs> has there like i have always been around f1 because my mm-hmm. my dad really liked it and my brother really likes it now yeah has there ever been a woman racing there's been a couple, but I think they were in the very, very early days. There was an Italian woman whose name I really can't remember, but there, there has been about three or four, I'm pretty sure. But the, the issue is, I just think because it just has been all men, that stops women from getting into it. And a lot of men who were high up in it being like, it's a man's thing. No, it's just generally so fucked up. Thanks for listening to the second episode. I know we kind of rambled a bit here and got beyond the point, but I think that's just kind of what this is, really. It is just, this whole podcast is just discussions that we have with friends. And, you know, with friends, it does ramble into different topics. (laughs) Um, So I hope you enjoyed. Uh, Episode one is still up, and episode three should be coming in probably about two weeks because we're aiming for every two weeks for now. Thanks for listening, and we shall see you soon. Bye! Bye.